Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson. Papa, can you tell me a story? Do you really want me to tell you a story? (laughs) Well, you go get your brother and your sisters and I will tell you a story. Welcome to Devotions with Dr. Papa. Gather round. I have a story I'd like to share with you. But first, I want to ask a question. How is it that the children of good parents sometimes go so bad? Have you ever thought about that? Well, let me read a story to you from 1 Samuel chapter 2. It's the story of the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. Who would name their son Hophni? Oh, well, one was named Hophni and one was named Phineas. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord and the custom of the priest with the people. When any man was offering a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand. Then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. Thus they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Now, you have to understand that this was not proper protocol. The priests, by law, were supposed to take after all the meat had been burned, after it had been burned in the sacrifice. That was the law of the Lord. That was the law prescribed by Moses. But while this meat was still in the pot boiling, the priest instructed their servant to take a big fork stick it in the pot and take out a large piece of the meat before it had been offered as a sacrifice. If the people protested, then they took it by force. And the Bible says the sin of the young man was very great before the Lord, for the men despised the offering of the Lord. Well, if you go a few verses forth further, the Bible says that Eli was very old, and he heard all that his sons were doing to all Israel and how they lay with the women who served at the doorway of the tent of meeting. He said to them, Why do you do such things? The evil things that I hear from all these people. No, my sons, for the report is not good which I hear the Lord's people circulating. If any one man sins against another, God will mediate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him, but they would not listen to the voice of their father. Now, this is a very interesting passage, and let's ask the question again. How can the children of good parents go bad? Now, let's back up and and look at a couple of these verses again. First, the Bible tells us in chapter 2 and verse 12 that these two sons of Eli the priest, Hophni and Phinehas, Phinehas, were worthless men. It goes on to say that they didn't know the Lord, yet they were priests. Go figure. How can it be that these men were priests of the Lord, and yet they robbed God, they despised His offering, and they committed adultery? How could it be that they had a godly heritage? Their father was a a priest, a godly father. And they were involved in a godly vocation, yet they didn't know God. How do we know they didn't know God? Well, first, the Scripture says they didn't. 
Their actions revealed it. And then the Bible tells us in verse 25 that God was against them. Oh, my. Now, let's compare Hophni and Phinehas to the adopted son. You remember him, Samuel. Samuel was the adopted son of Eli, who was his mentor. Hannah and Elkanah had this son named Samuel, whom they dedicated to the Lord at an early age. They brought him to the temple, and he grew up in the temple in the service of the Lord, and Eli the priest was his mentor. Now, he had godly parents, Hannah and Elkanah, who made a yearly sacrifice to the Lord. The Bible tells us that Hannah prayed for him. She prayed for him even before he was born. And once he was born, she dedicated him to the Lord. She gave him to God. And then Eli, the priest, mentored him. More than that, Samuel worked in the temple all the days of his early life. But get this, the Bible in verse verse 7 of chapter 3 says that even Samuel did not know the Lord. Now, how could that possibly be? Did you know that it was possible to be raised by Christian parents or Christian grandparents in a Christian home? Did you know it was possible to be raised in the church, go to Sunday school, go to youth group, and still not know God? Well, let me tell you a story. Some years ago in my medical practice, I had a young man come into my office, and he was the oldest son of Baptist missionary parents. He'd been raised on the mission field. He had been raised in, uh, in the home of two very, very godly parents. His father was an evangelist, and he had preached on the mission field for all of this young man's life. And he came into my office, and before he came, his father called me and begged me to speak to his son who had become an alcoholic. And he asked me to please speak to his son, to pray with him. So the boy shows up in my office. He has a minor upper respiratory illness. And after we address that, I look at him and I ask him about his spiritual life. And he looks at me like I'd stuck him with a hot poker. And I persisted and I said, well, tell me, when were you born again? And, and he looked at me as if he had no comprehension whatsoever about what it meant to be born again. I commenced to sharing the gospel with him and explaining what it meant to be born again. And as I'm talking, I realized that he had put his arm over his face and he was actually laughing at me. He was scorning my presentation of the gospel. Well, at that point, I stopped. I closed my chart. At that time, I had a paper chart. I closed the chart. I gave him his encounter form and I released him. I told him that I would be praying for him. And I cautioned him about his alcohol abuse and warned him that it could prove very dangerous for him. Two weeks later, my nurses brought to me an obituary. It was that young man's obituary. He'd been killed in an alcohol-related motor vehicle accident. I was devastated. His parents were devastated. And you see, there are some people that I know that are like that young man, raised in a Christian home, raised in the church raised by parents who pray over them and share the gospel with them, and yet they still do not know the Lord. You see, there are some people that I know who attend church every Sunday that are really just like beggar lice. (laughs) They're just hangers-on. 
They have no real, genuine, personal faith. They don't really know God. They just enjoy the Christian social atmosphere. Or maybe they enjoy the music. Or maybe they enjoy their friends and family. Perhaps some of them are just earning points with God or their spouse. Or they're at church to make business contacts. I I don't know. But it's obvious that they don't really know God or His voice. You see, they've never really been born again. They spiritually don't have, they've never had that life-changing experience whereby they become spiritually born into the kingdom of God. They're no longer spiritually dead, spiritually bound by sin, and spiritually blind. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you remember where Samuel was sleeping in the temple and God spoke to him? And he got up and he ran to Eli the priest and he said, you called? And Eli said, no, go go back to bed. So he goes back and God called him again. And Samuel got up and ran to Eli and he said, you called? And Eli was bothered that he had awakened him. And he said, no, boy, go back and lie down. A third time, God called to Samuel and he jumps up and he runs to Eli. And, and being the discerning, godly man that he was, Eli perceived that it was the voice of God calling to him. And he says, no, go back and lie down. But this time, when you hear the voice calling, you say, Speak, Lord, thy servant is listening. And he did. And God spoke to Samuel. And God, and, he, and Samuel heard and discerned and understood the voice of God. So here's the question for you and for me. Are you listening? Are you discerning? Are you perceiving the voice of God in your life? You see, Hophni and Phinehas refused to listen to the rebuke of their priestly father, their godly father. And they ended up as worthless adulterers. They ended up as dead men who are forever associated with the capture of the ark by the Philistines. On the other hand, Samuel chose to listen. God called him four different times, and ultimately he heard and listened and responded. Now, he responded each time, but it was on the fourth time that he connected with God, which begs the question, why is it so hard for God and man to connect, to communicate? You see, in Isaiah chapter 55, there's a very interesting verse, verses 5 and 6 in Isaiah chapter 55. And it talks about the whole issue of why it's so hard for God and man to connect. The Bible says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now pay attention. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For you see, God is infinite, and we are finite. He is God, and we are mere mortals. He is supernatural, and we are natural. He is immortal, and we are mortal. He is holy, and we are corrupt. He is eternal, immortal, invisible, The only wise God, as Romans chapter 11 tells us, we are an evanescent vapor that passes 
in the quiet of the night. I have a pastor friend who tells me a story of one time that he was deer hunting with his father. His father was a big man with a big beard, and his father was sitting with his arms crossed and his hands under his armpits trying to keep warm in the cold of the early morning. And my pastor friend was telling his father about having seen a royal wedding on television the night before, and he was explaining to him all the pomp and circumstance and the splendor of the carriages and the expensive clothing and everything about the royalty. And when he finished explaining all of this to his father, who hadn't seen any of it on television, his father took a deep breath and he went, and his breath went out into the cold air and hung there for a second and then disappeared. And his father said, that's the royal prince. Then he took another deep breath and he blew it out. And it hung in the air for a second and then disappeared. And he said, that's you. He took a third deep breath and he blew it out and it hung in the air just for a second. And then the mist just disappeared and he said, that's me. And my pastor friend said, his father just sat there and never said another word. And he told me, he said, I've never forgotten that. He said, our life is just a vapor and it hangs in the air just for a moment and then we're gone. And you see, your life and my life is an evanescent vapor that passes in the quiet of the night. And more than that, there is none righteous. No, not one. That's what Romans 3 tells us. Do you comprehend now why it is so difficult, nigh unto impossible, for sinful man to communicate with holy God? Four times God called Samuel. How many times must he call you and me? And will you listen? Will you hear? And will you respond in obedience? Will you reject the word of the prophet like Hophni and Phinehas did? Or will you run to him and say, Here I am, thy servant listens, in the same way that Samuel did. Now, one last point. Your children make their own choices. I want you to understand that clearly. Your children make their own choices in life. I know children raised in the most godly homes who choose to rebel against God and their Christian upbringing. I also know children raised by ungodly parents in ungodly homes who choose to follow Jesus Christ and walk in righteousness. You know them also. Children make their own choices. Parents, raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Commit them to God every day. Pray over them every day, but realize that ultimately in the end, you cannot choose for them. They must choose their own path in life. Hophni and Phinehas and Samuel basically were raised by the same priestly father, the same priestly mentor, but had vastly different outcomes. What will your choice be? Are you listening. If you like devotions with Dr. Papa, please follow, like, or share more than medicine with your family and friends. We would be most grateful. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.